Well, good morning, church. Uh, good morning and welcome to all of you who are here in person in the room today. Thank you for joining us on this cold, wintry day. Uh, maybe we'll get snow today. I know the kids hope that we will. Uh, for all of you who are watching online today, who are joining us from your home or from wherever you are, thank you for, for joining us for church online today. I'm so glad, so glad you're with us and so grateful that you are here uh, with us for church as well today. Today we want to continue the series that we're calling Always Good. As we begin this year, we just want to, to really lean into this idea of the faithfulness of God throughout the ages. But before we do, today I want to take a moment and, and pray. And we always want to be praying for our church, for our community. We always want to be praying for, for those who are in need in the world around us. We want to be praying for the name of Jesus and the love of Jesus to be made known all around the world. But today I, I want us to take a moment to just pause and pray for our country. Like so many of you, um, you know, I was saddened by what, by what we saw unfolding Wednesday in our country. And I know, like you know, we live in a very broken world. And over the past 12 months, maybe we've been made more aware than ever just how broken our world really is. Between the pandemic and the ongoing issues of racial injustice and then the political tensions of an election year in 2020 and then the political tensions that we've continued to experience um, since the election, even over the past few days, it's been unreal. But you know, like I know, it is very real. We sat and we watched the news coverage with our kids on Wednesday night. And all I could think to tell them was, this is not the way it's supposed to to be. And I'll be honest, you know, I've wrestled all week with what to say. I've talked to pastors around the country and, and they're feeling like I'm feeling. They're feeling the same way you're feeling. On the one hand, we understand as followers of Jesus that our primary identity and our citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven. Yet we know that we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. We know that we are called, in the words of Jesus, to be peacemakers, to be people who work for peace. And we know what Jesus meant when he said that. We know that we're called to bring good news to the poor. We know that we're called to care for the sitting and the sick and the hurting, to, to visit those who are in prison, to feed the hungry, to, to make things however we can, wherever we can, the way they're supposed to be, to participate in making things on earth as they are in heaven. This is our, our calling, to love our neighbors. Yet our children are growing up in a world of constant chaos. And the reality is there are people who, who live wanting to carry the name of Jesus, but they're unwilling to follow the way of Jesus. And if I can say anything today, I just want to call all of us, including myself, deeper into our discipleship of Jesus Christ to really think and pray about what it means to follow Jesus. So today I want us to begin with, with praying the words that Jesus taught us to pray. If you're here in the room, I would invite you to pray aloud with me. If you're watching online, wherever you are, I would invite you to, to pray aloud with me these words that Jesus taught us to pray. If you would, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today, Holy Father, I want to pray for this country, for its leaders, and for its future. Father, today I want to pray for peace. I pray that men and women across this nation who have placed their faith in you will live as difference makers, loving their neighbors, and sharing the love of Jesus with others. I pray that we will see the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people, that we would elevate and highly value the attributes of love and joy and peace and patience, humility and kindness, forgiveness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I pray, Father, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in us and through us here on earth as it is in heaven. In your name I pray. Amen. Always good. God is good all the time. And all the time God is good. I want to begin again today with that confession, with that affirmation that that this is who God is, that our God is a faithful God, that our God is always good, that God has never not been good, that God has never not been faithful. He's always been good. He's always been kind. He's always been faithful. But I think the the reality is sometimes we we have a hard time understanding or talking about or defining what is faithfulness. What does faithfulness look like? What does it mean to say that we serve a God who is always faithful? It's sometimes hard to define what what is faithfulness, but but we understand, I think we understand really well what the opposite of faithfulness is. We We know what unfaithfulness looks like. We know what unfaithfulness feels like. We've been We've been on the receiving end of broken promises. We've cried the tears of betrayal. We know what it feels like when someone didn't come through for us like we thought they would. We know what that feels like. We know what it feels like to be on the receiving end of unfaithfulness. And more often than not, the problem with unfaithfulness is that it leaves us with a feeling for contempt for those who, for whatever reason, let us down. And it doesn't even really matter what context we experience that in. It can be in a marriage relationship. It can be between friends. It can be in the workplace, those that we work with or work for or those who work for us. We see it in our systems of government. But we know what it's like when someone who we thought was going to come through for us in a certain way, for whatever reason, they let us down. They didn't do what we thought they were going to do. Whenever that happens, whenever we're on the receiving end and whenever we experience that kind of unfaithfulness, it always leaves a mark. And it makes it hard for us to trust. It makes it hard for us to believe. It makes it hard for us to to let our guard down. Whenever people fail us or abandon us or break their word to us, it always It always hurts. And the reality is because so many people feel so let down for so many reasons right now, maybe more than ever, it seems like we're living in a a culture of contempt. And I believe it's one of the reasons so many people have a hard time believing in the faithfulness of God and trusting in the goodness and the faithfulness of God because they've been let down so often by so many people. So what does the faithfulness of God look like? What does it mean to say that we serve a faithful God? What does it mean to say that God is good all the time and all the time 
God is good. If you've ever wondered about that, if you've ever asked the question, where are you, God? If you've ever wondered about the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the presence of God in your life, I want you to know today, you you are not alone. This has long been the question for people who call on the name of the Lord. Uh, Last week, we began this series with these words from Scripture from Deuteronomy 7. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant to a thousand generations and lavishes his love, his unfailing love on those who love him and who keep his commands. At that time, Moses spoke those words to the people of God as they were becoming the people of God. He wanted them to know this is who your God is. He is a faithful God. He is a good God. This is the God that you serve. I want you to know, as you're becoming the people of God, as you're preparing to go into the promised land, this is who your God is. He is faithful. He is good. You can count on him. You can rely on him. You can trust him. And this morning, we could could look back at the stories of the people of Israel and and God's faithfulness to them them as he he, he brought them out out of Egypt in the Exodus. We could look at God's faithfulness to his people as they wandered through the wilderness those 40 years. We could look at at God's faithfulness to his people as they had victory after victory in the promised land. We could look at the stories of God's faithfulness to, to people of faith, people like Moses, people like David, like Elijah, Isaiah, Daniel, Esther, Deborah, Anna. Pick pick your person of faith. We could tell their story and we could look at their story and see how whatever their problem. Whatever their distress, whatever their pain, how at just the right time, God showed up for them. God came through for them. And the truth is we should. We should tell those stories and we should retell those stories to each other and to our children. Those stories are important. Those stories of of God's faithfulness over and over and over again throughout the ages. But it's not just those stories. We need to tell and retell those stories we find in Scripture of God's faithfulness over and over again. But it's not just those stories. We need to tell and retell the stories of of God's faithfulness in our lives. We need to hear those stories. Our children need to hear those stories over and over again of of how God has been faithful, how God has, has shown up for us, how God at just the right time came through for us. But if you really want to know what the faithfulness of God looks like. If you really want to know, uh, if, you, if you want to see a picture of what the faithfulness of God really looks like, then I want to invite you today once again to look at Jesus. And perhaps no one ever gave us a better picture of the faithfulness of God in Jesus than the Apostle Paul. If you have your Bible or your Bible app, I want to invite you to open up and follow along in Philippians chapter 2. Paul is writing to this church, this group of early Jesus followers living in the ancient city of Philippi, and he wants them to understand. He wants them to know this is what the faithfulness of God looks like. This is what the goodness of God looks like. This is what the provision of God looks like. This is, what, this is how you know you can count on, you can rely on, you can trust God. And maybe some of you, if you've been around church very long, if you've been around scripture very long, maybe you know these words, maybe you've read these words a thousand times, but but I want to invite you this morning to hear these words through the lens of God's faithfulness. 
In Philippians 2, starting in verse 6, Paul says this, Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. Uh, If you look up the word faithful in the dictionary, you're probably going to find something like this. Faithful, it's an adjective, and it means remaining loyal and steadfast. Uh, The Hebrew word for faithful, it's it's a small word with a really big meaning. It's the small Hebrew word haman. And it literally means this, to build up or support, to be firm or faithful, to trust or believe, to be permanent, morally, to be true or certain of long continuance, steadfast and sure. So why did Jesus not think of equality with God as something that he should hold on to, something he should cling to? Why did Jesus give up his divine privileges? Why did Jesus take on the humble position of a slave and become like one of us? Because Jesus wanted us to know, wanted you to know, that this is what a faithful God looks like. Jesus wanted you to know, he wanted us to know, he wanted to show all of us that this is what it looks like when the God of the universe shows up. Jesus wanted us to know that this is what it looks like when the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on all those who love him and obey his commands enters into the very story that he authored. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever gotten your heart or your mind completely around this. I'm not sure if that's even possible, but this this is incredible. When God stepped down from heaven to earth, when Jesus laid down his divine rights in the royal throne room of heaven, and he was born in humility, something happened in that moment that changed everything forever. Jesus could have arrived in grand ceremony. He could have come with great pomp and circumstance. He could have walked through the streets of Galilee with the wealthy and the VIPs. He could have entered into Jerusalem riding on a white horse with an army at his command. And make no mistake about it, there were many back then who wanted their Messiah to do exactly that. But that wasn't the way of Jesus. And that wasn't a picture of the faithfulness of God. Instead, Jesus took on the humble position of a slave. And he came as a human being. He came in humility. He entered into humanity. God became like us so that we could know that God really is near, that God really is here. Jesus wanted you to know, wanted us to know that this is what a picture of the faithfulness of God looks like. It's God who lays down his divine privileges in the throne room of heaven and steps down in humility into humanity, into our story. And Paul says when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. If you really want to know what the faithfulness of God looks like, Look at the cross. What happens when God comes to earth? Does he lead a revolt? Does he pick up a sword? Does he speak with contempt to those who disagree with him? No. 
No, he doesn't. In fact, when one of his disciples would pick up a sword, he looked at Peter and he told him to put it down. Jesus chose. He willingly chose the way of the cross. Jesus chose the way of sacrificial love. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does faithfulness look like? I've never been invited to the National Day of Prayer, the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C., but uh, this past year I had a friend who was, and he told me what that experience was like. He told me about being in that room with, as you can imagine, so many powerful people, so many people who gathered in that place for the National Day of Prayer. And he told me how a man by the name of Arthur C. Brooks had been invited this past year to speak at the National Day of Prayer in Washington, D.C. Arthur Brooks got up and he wanted to talk to the audience gathered that day about what he called the crisis of contempt and the problem of polarization in our country. And he offered the words of Jesus as the answer to that problem and as the way forward as, as we work to be healers in our communities. You may remember these words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus that Arthur Brooks shared that day at that national prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C. From Matthew 5, Jesus said this, You have heard that the law says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as children of your Father in heaven. Uh, Arthur Brooks has also written a book called Love Your Enemies. And in it, he suggests that we are living in a culture of contempt. And he, he defines contempt this way, as anger mixed with disgust. He says it's the conviction of the worthlessness of another. And herein, I believe, lies the real problem with unfaithfulness. It leads us into living a life of contempt. When we're on the receiving end of broken promise after broken promise, we begin to be filled with contempt for that person. Some people who believe that they're, they're living on the receiving end of the broken promises of God, they even have contempt for God. And contempt always leads to polarization, to isolation, and to hate. And the way forward, the way forward, it isn't, it isn't more contempt. It isn't to answer contempt with more contempt. It isn't condemnation. It, it, it isn't even to, to be able to tolerate the ideas of others with whom we disagree or to try to be civil with those with whom we disagree. That's not the way forward. According to, to Jesus, the only way forward, the only way forward is the way of love. And by the way, this isn't some passive kind of love. This is an active kind of love. It's standing up and speaking up for the marginalized and the overlooked. It's standing in the gap for those who, for whatever reason, have gone unheard or unseen. It's lovingly and intentionally standing in the gap for others. You see, Jesus chose the way of the cross. And if we're going to be his followers, his disciples, he's called us 
to follow him, to take up our cross and to follow him and to willingly lay down our lives for others. So if you want to know what the faithfulness of God looks like, it looks like this. It looks like Jesus. It looks like a cross. It looks like a God who loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, wouldn't be condemned, but would experience, would have, would know everlasting, eternal life. Hebrews 1.3 says the sun is the radiance. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. What does the faithfulness of God looks like, look like? It looks like Jesus. The faithfulness of God is found at the cross. If you want to see the faithfulness of God, look at the cross. And there at the cross, you will find Jesus. There at the cross, you will find a picture of the faithfulness of God. There at the cross, you will find a picture of the faithful love of God. The way of faithful love is the way of faithfulness. I'm not sure if anybody has ever known the pain of living in the world, living in a world where things are not the way they're supposed to be. I don't know if anyone ever understood that or had a better handle on that than the ancient prophet Jeremiah. He was known as the weeping prophet. He was known as the lamenting prophet. He wrote an entire book called Lamentations. And in the middle of his lament, in in the middle of his weeping over a a world, a broken world, a world in, in which the Things are not the way they're supposed to be. I want you to hear what Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. He said, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, The Lord is my inheritance. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in Him. If you want to know, what the faithfulness of God looks like. It looks like faithful love. It's loving the other. It's loving your enemy. It's loving. It's love that says from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's love that says my mercies are new every morning. It's love that says in a world of contempt that every person is a person of immeasurable worth. It's love that says you and I can disagree, but I can still Love you. Martin Luther King Jr. once famously said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I think once again, contempt has found its way into our country. And brothers and sisters, I think contempt has found its way into our church. But it's my prayer that as followers of Jesus, we would choose not to participate in the way of contempt but that instead we would choose to participate in the way of love, the way of faithful love. Paul once wrote these words. He said, God is faithful, and you are called to partner with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is my prayer, that we would partner with Jesus to show the world the way of Jesus, the way of faithful love. This is my contention. What the world needs right now is for the church to be the church. For us to lead the way in loving others. Church, if you would, let's stand. Listen, I know we live in a world where there's still a lot to be afraid of. Uh, We're still living in the middle of a global pandemic. We're still living in a world where there's much social and political 
unrest. I know many of you, you're facing real problems, whether it's health problems or family problems or financial problems. I know, I know for so many right now, as, as people look ahead, as we look ahead, what we see is adversity and difficulty and pain. And if, if, if the last year, year and a half has taught us anything, is that we don't know what tomorrow holds, what next week holds, what next month holds. We just don't know. We don't know. But here's what we do know, and here's what I want to remind you of, what I want to remind us of today. That you are not alone. We are not alone. Our God is a faithful God. And he has promised that he will never leave us. He will never fail us. He will never abandon us. He is a faithful God. And it's my prayer that we as this church would live into that faithfulness and live out of that faithfulness. And share the hope that we have in Jesus. The faithful love that we have because of Jesus with the world around us. Because our God is always good. Let's sing.